Welcome once again to Oakwood Connect. We are transitioning on Matthew chapter 6 from focusing on prayer to focusing on a discipline that is greatly misunderstood in the Christian world. It is fasting. We will be looking at that today in Oakwood Connect. All right, John, I'm excited. Uh, we're going to be talking about something that, uh, like I said in the introduction, many Christians have heard about it, are not sure about it. I don't know how many people have ever experienced Have you ever fasted, John? I have, and I was just thinking, boy, you're excited about this? About <laughs> fasting? Well, I didn't say uh, about fasting, but understanding it. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, uh, I have fasted in the past, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. And definitely, you know, it's something that grates against what we naturally want. So um, before we even dive about our own personal experiences, let's let's get the, the perspective that Jesus wants us to have regarding fasting. Um, John, why don't you read for us John, um, John, Matthew, yeah. Matthew chapter 16, verses 16 through 18, mm -hmm. so that we can have the direction that Jesus wants us to go when relating to this. Sure. So, uh, again, Matthew 6, 16 through 18, Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they desire their faces, or I'm sorry, they disfigure their faces, that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Well, we have that word, and we have context. Uh, when you when you fast, don't, 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 don't. Mm. Um, and again, the, the concept of... Um, not doing it for the sake of others to be seen, but rather by the Father who seeks in secret, which is an echo of how Jesus relates to prayer. Right. And, you know, again, it's this, uh, Jesus has been talking about these these pride issues that the human, you know, human nature has, and yet uh, it is a transition as well. He, he is, like you just said, he was talking about prayer and fasting, and they do seem to go hand in hand. Yeah. And at the time, at the you know, in the uh, the time that Jesus is talking about this, the the religious leaders of the time, they were uh, they would do this so you would notice, right? Mm. So well, you know, oh, you know, sackcloth and ashes type of thing. They they wanted to you to know that they were fasting, and it's really interesting as as human beings, we do tend to do this. I know that's even part of in my personal experience with fasting. That's even part of it. Fighting that urge to say, oh, no, I can't have something because, you know, you want people to know. It's just mm -hmm. in us for some reason. Well, a, in the margin of the New American start Standard, it, it says, uh, distort your faces. Mm. So it's not even something that, you know, would naturally happen. You're hypoglycemic. Right. You know, this, this is actually being done intentionally, mm -hmm. that the attention is being drawn to self. I, I was just upstairs with the Oakwood academic students sharing with them some of the things we've gleaned in regards to prayer. The context is friendship. You know, mm. how, how to, communication is the foundation for any friendship. And in the Bible, you have um, Moses being referred to as God's friend, and you have Abraham being mentioned as God's friend, and you have Jesus telling the disciples, I have called you friends. Um, communication is huge and paramount in a relationship, and prayer is precisely that. Mm -hmm. And so I've been talking to them about, you know, it's interesting that, I gave them the example of, you know, they have uh, sometimes a Mike Trapeza or Jason Hampshire coming to help them with math problems. So 
So I said, you know, imagine you, imagine you go up to Mike Trapeza and say, hey, Mr. Trapeza, could you help me out and figure out how to do this quadratic equation? And he says, well, this is how you don't do it. <laughs> you know, Thanks. It, yeah. <laughs> I can get you there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So the reason I'm asking is because I don't. And so for you to tell me one more way to not do it, it doesn't mm. really help me yet. Jesus begins prayer by telling us how not to do it twice. Mm. And he begins fasting by telling us how not, not to, to do, do it, it. again. Mm. And I asked them the reason why do they think Jesus starts with there. there. And I didn't understand this myself until I went to the one place where God gives the most amount of no's in one place. A whole, a whole bunch of you shall nots, mm-hmm. right? The Ten Commandments. Right. And it, that's when it dawned on me. Here's the Israelites at the mount, foot of the mountain of Mount Sinai. Mm-hmm. And God begins to say, you shall not have any other gods before me. You shall not make any graven images. You shall not bow down to them and worship. Moses stays up there, you know, a little longer than they expected. What do they do? They put another God before them. They melt a calf. Right. They, they, is, geez, the reason God begins with the don't is because those are our defaults. Wow. Mm-hmm. That that's, he, he's not you know, trying to confuse us or frustrate us. He's simply saying, listen, let me tell you that before I even tell you how to do it, it will be very natural for you to not even do it. I could tell you right now how to pray. I can tell you right now how to fast, and you'll go and do the very opposite. Because <laughs> it's, it's built in our nature. God spoke, you will not have other gods before me. And while he's writing them in the mountain with Moses, they do the They're very same thing God it. has just told them not to do. So this is God condescendingly, lovingly meeting us where we are at and telling us, this is what you'll naturally want to do. Mm-hmm. So check yourself. Right. Every time you do this, check yourself because this will be your default, even after conversion. And fasting is just that. It is indeed that that checking of yourself, right? Mm-hmm. It is that, you know, uh, you can go on a normal day, especially, you know, I guess I should say here in America, uh, we can go two hours and be hungry, right? <laughs> yes. And so... I think we're starving. <laughs> right, exactly. And so... You really do have to rely on, and that's the, you know, that is part of this. You do have to rely on an outside source to say, you know, I'm not going to do something that I would normally do. Mm-hmm. And and fasting is kind of a microcosm of that. Fa- yeah. it, 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 you absolutely have to depend on God to do so. Everything inside of you is telling you, do this right now. Mm-hmm. Eat, eat. But there's something that you're exercising, which is the gift of will, the will of choice in saying no. Mm-hmm. So it is an exercise, in exactly like you said, in a microcosm way that does not earn us anything. This is There's no merit behind mm-hmm. us. It's almost like a safe place in which I, it's one of the elements of fasting is it gives me an opportunity to exercise something that maybe I don't find ways to exercise it in the real world without uh, receiving dire consequences. You know, if I say, you know, I'm going to fast today and I ended up eating some grapes, there will not be lightnings flashing down from heaven. You know, the earth's not going to split and swallow me up. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to realize, I can't believe how weak my will is. Mm -hmm. You know, I said, God, today I'm not going to eat. And here I am, you know, three hours in and I'm already chowing down Mm -hmm. or I forget. And I guess I should say too, um, that, you know, there are people that fast. It's actually kind of a newer diet plan right now that you can fast for a day, a week or something like that to just kind of reset the body. But that's not what we're talking about no, here because no. there there is still that that element of pride there. Mm-hmm. So yes, you can fast without God, you, but you still have a goal in mind. Your goal is yourself. 
Yeah, this is something different. Uh, Jesus implements this, or or God, I should say, implements fasting for a different reason. And like you said, we can uh, forget awfully easily, quote unquote. Uh, but this is again, we're almost resetting ourselves. Yeah, and I'm glad you said that. You know, maybe we should do expand like Jesus does on the don'ts. Fasting is also not hunger strike. Right. You know, this mm-hmm. is not like you know when Gandhi fasted so that Britain could let India go free. We're not saying, God, I need a new car, so I'm going to starve for the next exactly. few days. Right. Or, or other things that would be noble. You know, I want my child to be converted, so I'm not going to eat for a whole week. Mm-hmm. A, a fasting is not a hunger strike. It is not a method by which we can truly twist God's arm into doing what we want. It's the actual very opposite. It is. And actually, as you, as you think about food in Scripture, um, it really does point to this it isn't exactly what you're saying where, okay, and now you owe me once again, Mm -hmm. God, you owe me because I did this. It's actually quite the opposite. It's, we have this thing called righteousness by faith as Christians. And it almost sounds too easy, you know, sometimes. Sometimes we we might abuse it a little bit and Christ does everything for us. And that's absolutely true. But there is still a sacrifice on our part. There There is this sacrifice of turning back to God, which isn't very easy for us. You just use the example, you know, Moses is on the mount getting the commandments. He wasn't there for very long. And yet they started going back to idol worshiping. And Default. All yeah, exactly. So it's very easy for us to uh, say, okay, Jesus did it all. Well, then I'm good. I don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. We have to turn back. We, we do have to turn back to God. And what this this fasting thing does again it has us kind of i'm sorry food our appetites always seem to go against that Mm. it always seems to go against god that's where my thought was going (laughs) it is interesting that you're going in that direction because Mm -hmm. in our conversation prior to recording this you did mention you know where the bible begins with this issue right The, the bible begins with the issue that food became the means by which we turn away from god mm-hmm um, food became, and it's not, uh, I'm not advocating that food is bad, right? but that rather there was a specific fruit in the garden from a specific tree that God said, that won't give you life. Mm-hmm. Life will not be found there. And humanity actually accepted the lie that that food would actually yield me becoming God. And that's exactly it. You know, sometimes I think we simplify what happened at the fall. It wasn't that Eve was hungry. She had plenty to eat. It was that desire to, you know, God guaranteed her life and she wanted something more than that. And that was what, uh, that's the appetite. You know, when we talk about appetite, it's not just I'm hungry. Mm -hmm. There's something that goes along with that. Our appetites can take us elsewhere. You know, it doesn't, and by the way, when we talk about appetite, it's not just food. We have appetites for other things that aren't good for us. And that's, that's what Christ is talking about. Yes, you can boil it. You can simplify it to hunger or to food because even in that, even though it's so simple, we fail in it. Yeah. So, it, it, again, it's a microcosm of a bigger issue, I would say. And, and in the Garden of Eden, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, fo- the food became the emblem of, I need this to achieve a higher goal. Right. I'll become like God. And why would I want to become like God? So I don't need him. Exactly. So in essence is, if I can become like God, I no longer need God. Mm-hmm. In Matthew chapter 4, which we just covered, you know, it's almost like this 
building up on the gospel in Matthew chapter 4 the very first temptation Jesus encounters is about appetite. appetite it's about food and Jesus he reverses the lie and restores humanity to the truth um, in Romans chapter 1 it says that we fail because we exchange the, the truth about God for the lie about right. God but here Jesus is reversing it in Genesis chapter 3 we came to believe that since I can become like God I don't need God anymore right. to live but in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, Jesus refutes that lie by saying, It is written, man shall not live by food, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Life is found in trusting God's word, even at the denial of food. Mm-hmm. And this, I believe, is the principle that needs to be that, that needs to guide the practice of fasting. Mm-hmm. Fasting is not hunger striking. Fasting is not m- manipulating God or trying to earn, and definitely not trying to get brownie points with other brothers and sisters. At the core of fasting lies this reversal of the lie into the truth. And fasting, in a way, you know, this is my personal experience. And I have done both kinds of fasting. I've done the fasting in preparation for, you know, exam. I have to get something injected so that they can look at my intestines. So it has nothing to do with spirituality. Right. I'm talking about the intentional time when I told the Lord, I'm not going to eat today. Mm-hmm. And throughout the day, you know, I, I kept centering myself why I am doing this. Every time I would get a pang of hunger, I, would, I, would, I made the choice, I'm going to pray. Amen. Right. And, and, and every time I get a hunger pang, I'm going to say, Father, at this time in my life, I recognize more than ever that I need you more than food. And I recognize and I confess to you and I am sorry that I crave that sandwich more than your word and prayer. Mm. I, I, I have never forgotten to eat. Whenever my stomach growls, I, I'm there with food. But when my soul has been starving, when my heart has been empty, I have been comfortable going for days without you. And I've been okay with that. Mm. I have embraced the truth that I need food to live. God's optional. Whereas in this statement, Jesus says it is man cannot live only by eating food. The only way that I live is trusting and submission, which is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You know, righteousness by faith is not simply this, you know, roller coaster in which you just scoot down. It's that there is a, a, a yielding of myself. You know, when Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me, that's not, <laughs> right. it's not that God is making it hard. Sin is making it hard. Exactly. Jesus says, my yoke is easy, but sin deceives us into thinking, oh, it's so hard. And I think fasting allows for that. Let's confront it, mm-hmm. right? Let's confront it. Here in America, you know, we get calories in our bodies already that could easily carry us for a week. Right. So there's no way that you have to worry about, oh, I need to say this parenthesis, I forgot to say it earlier. There are health conditions like diabetes yes. and things like that. that mm-hmm. So if you're listening, we don't want you to feel guilty or, right. you know, that you're cornered that, you know, you have to um, endure a whole day without food. If you're a brittle diabetic or you have other conditions that you have to have food with medicine, I'm glad I was a nurse. Yes, <laughs> Just yes. Just of this little disclaimer. Thank you. Maybe we should have had that at the beginning. <laughs> um, but if you're listening to this, though we are talking about food, there are other things that we can fast from as well. Absolutely. That some people will even forego food to partake of. Mm-hmm. So in, in that context, whatever we have on planet Earth that can deceive us into thinking, I need this more than God, Fasting is a physical act of faith in which you are declaring the very opposite. 
I renounced my, my, the belief in this lie that I needed this relationship, that I needed this job, or that I need money or food more than I need God. Fasting is an act of faith in which I try to restore my conviction that above anything and everything on this earth, I need God. You know, it's interesting um, going through Genesis, talking about Genesis again, and I uh, recently have been going through it again, and on the sixth day, man was created, but also all the land beasts were created. Mm-hmm. And I've always thought, you know, why did he do both on the sixth day? The fifth day, in my opinion, is the most disappointing day of creation, fish and birds, right? <laughs> he needed a whole day for fish and birds. Why did he do that? Seems like he could have put the animals on that day too. Mm-hmm. And so it, we do have this, we have a connection to, to the beast, the land beast. You know, you think of your dog or your cat or, or your pets like that. But really what it does, it makes you think the difference between us and the animals in the animal kingdom is we have thought, right? Like, you know, breath, breath uh, I'm sorry, God's breath brought us life. It's a, mm-hmm. and, and we know through the creation story that his, his light was there, his life was there, and we have wisdom. You know, he's given, he gives us wisdom. What separates us from the animals is that we can we can make decisions. Mm-hmm. An animal, they don't think about morality. They don't think about the the consequences of their actions. Is it ethical to eat my baby or not? Exactly. They don't think about that. So really what that does for me is it shows that the only thing that the thing that separates us from them is that we can think, that we have this process of thinking. Now why do I bring all that up? Well, without God, you really are wow. just an animal. So we can choose not to not to eat for a day. For example, again, as we use that as an example, uh, an animal doesn't do that. Yeah, like if you were to leave your dog a bowl full, full of food and say, you know, for this day, chill with the food and right. for tomorrow, mm-hmm. <laughs> your dog's gonna chow down. Exactly. <laughs> so, so again, why do I bring that all that up? It almost does. Fasting does require this thought of. Again, I have to rely on God, where an animal doesn't have that. You know, the we believe in a creation story. The opposite of that is we, we you know, we crawled up out of the mud and somehow this formed, and we so have we're no, animals. Yeah, we're animals, and there's just no way we can. We're think animals our way. that can do math, right? <laughs> Which makes no sense, by the way. But uh, anyway, um, the point of all of me of me saying all of that is, is that it does it. Again, it turns you back. Fasting right? reminds you we were made in the image of Thank God. Thank you. Yes. Um, yes. Second Peter chapter two verse twelve says, "But these individuals that are self-willed, daring, that they do not tremble at the realities of heaven." Verse twelve says, "But these like unreasoning animals." Mm. There you go. Right. So the the the, the Bible makes that comparison in that maybe there is a reason why God made humans and animals on the same day to say they're not the same. Right. Because when he creates man, he says, let us make man in our image, something mm-hmm. he has not said to any of the creation prior to. Exactly. And fasting is my capacity to exercise something that a dog, a cat, a fish, a shark, a whale, none of those animals have, right. which is I have food in front of me, my stomach is starving, but I'm not going to eat it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So uh, there is that that component of reminding, I guess, then that's powerful. Fasting can remind me I am a child made in God's image mm-hmm. because I can make choices animals cannot. And because of that, I'm not just going to relate to this to this sandwich or this whatever uh, food that's in front of me. I, I can recognize that 
when I live my life convinced that I need God more than anything, and I seek, you know, in John chapter 6, Jesus says that I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, shall never thirst. When I'm satisfied with Jesus, he empowers me to also deny myself the other appetites in my exactly. life. Mm -hmm. The other things that, you know, Paul and Paul and Peter and the other biblical writers also compare animal, animalistic character traits to those individuals that cannot have restraint on their passions, on their anger and things like that. So fasting doesn't change me. Fasting is a physical, tangible way of reminding me who I've been being created to be. Right on. Exactly. And again, this, uh, you know, our, our appetite and following God, uh, exercising our righteousness by faith, it all seems to go hand in hand in Scripture. Mm -hmm. You know, in the Exodus story, you have the, the mammon, mammon that uh, doesn't fall on, on the Sabbath day. Um, it's a test. You know, it is that test. Are you going to follow me? Uh, and actually, it's interesting that God uses fasting for a purpose. When he tells him that, um, and in the wilderness, I made you hungry mm. that I may teach you that man does not live by bread alone, by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. What Jesus quotes in Matthew chapter 4 is not just out of the context, is that God allowed the people of Israel to experience hunger. Mm. I allowed your stomach. I, I took you to a place mm -hmm. where you could not satisfy that hunger with nothing around you. It was just dirt and that's it. Mm. And when you hungered, I waited for you to be really hungry and you got to start complaining and whining so that your true self could come out and i waited for you to get to that point and then have no other options and that's what made you angry mount sinai you had an option you had gold that you melted into a golden calf so you satisfied your hunger there but here in the wilderness there was nothing and then you realized and then you got to experience my only way to satisfy my hunger was from god through the manna so god through all of these stories is, is echoing what you and I can experience through fasting. Fasting can um, impact me, cause me to really reflect, am I living my life under the conviction that I need God more than anything? Right. You know, because I'm struggling with, you know, the, the nuggets in the fridge. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm daydreaming about food. All I can think of is about breakfast tomorrow. Do I feel like that about my devotional life? Right. And it, I'm, I'm always humbled, John, that when I go through a, a, a day or, or whatever time I choose to go for, through fasting, I always come short when I recognize I am hungering more for wheat and beans and asparagus, <laughs> even food that I never normally wouldn't eat. I'm craving it. But when it comes to the Word of God, I don't know if I crave it that much. I don't know if I hunger for it as much as I do for temporal food. And you know, it kind of goes right into the next section of what he talks about in Matthew, which is do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth. Mm. Because those really are our two options. You can have God and life, eternal life, everything that he offers, or you can be your own God trying to take care of it yourself. And that's really what we see, right? Oftentimes you might hear people ask the question, uh, you know, how rich does somebody have to be? You know, you have a millionaire or a billionaire that still just seems to want more. Yeah. And after a while, you're like, boy, why do they, what's the point? What, what are they, what is How many they, islands do you need? Right, what are they thriving plans? for? 
And I really think they've gone back into that that animalistic type of thing. They just don't know any better. <laughs> you know, they just keep going. They just keep going. Where those who follow Christ, that's not as important. Yes, we want to uh, provide for our families and all of those things. But it doesn't consume me. It, but it doesn't consume us exactly. It doesn't. It doesn't lead me to convince me that. I need more money because that will solve my problems or I need more of this or I need if I can only have a upgraded or a larger whatever larger house larger TV bigger car all those things are trivial pursuits and maybe John those are indicators that I need to fast mm -hmm. exactly M maybe a restless spirit you know if I'm struggling with a, a man that is giving me googly eyes at work and me and my husband or me and my wife are not doing too good and I'm becoming restless in my marriage, restless with my family, restless with my money, my bank account. Maybe those are indicators that, though you will not, this is not the medicine, it can certainly recalibrate you to ask yourself, as you're experiencing the hunger, as you're experiencing your hunger pangs, and ask yourself, do I crave prayer more than this? Mm. And there find yourself, find the reason for your restlessness. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me, will never hunger. He told the woman at the well, if you drink from the water that I give you, you will never thirst again. So there is this quietness, there is this rest and peace in Christ that is very tangible. It's not, you know, this mystical, oh, you know, there's light shining on me. No, inside of my heart, now I am at peace. Mm -hmm. I am at peace with my, 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 my home, my family, my job, my career, all those things that these millionaires are not happy with, right. they're not satisfied with. And I honestly, John, don't think that those people, no matter how much money they get, it's, it will never, It'll never be, be enough. enough. Right. You know, they always say, you know, if I can make another million, that's good. And they, they'll make the million and that high lasts like two seconds. Right. Mm -hmm. And then it just fades. Right, so with, with fasting, once again, you know, those things that you just brought up, um, it is that, that reset we kind of need, right? Mm -hmm. It is that, and by the way, it doesn't turn. It, you used a key word that I uh, that I appreciate, which is it. It does bring peace. Mm -hmm. You when you fast. Um, I don't know. My experience, once again, is is because you are relying on Christ. You are relying on God. I, again, I think fasting has this negative connotation to it, to where I don't want to do that. You yeah. know, that's and, a distortion of the face. It, right. It's got to hurt in order to be good. Exactly. It's <laughs> going to hurt. And uh, it's something I don't want to do. But in it is such is the blessing. The mm. blessing is there that you, um, again, you just, you have that connection it's that a, you it's might a, forget about. It's a, a, a paradox mm -hmm. because in the end Jesus the, Jesus tells us to fast mm -hmm. Jesus doesn't say don't fast right. he's like but if you fast this way forget it but if you fast with me in mind with these principles uh, you will find that fasting satisfies you which is a paradox right denying yourself of food will actually lead to a satisfied heart which for me is an invitation of the gospel self-denial the cross of Jesus is the only way that a human being will ever find peace a dying to self is the way of life. <laughs>